the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here I am, Andrea Kay. It is hump day. Having a great time being with you guys tonight. Christine McVie passed away today. My man, Dave Elhoff, financial thought doctor. You and I have never really talked music, I don't think. We lost one of the greats today, Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac. Were you a Fleetwood Mac man? Oh, we we loved it. Our band covered a couple of their songs. I Say forgot. that you love me. Say that you love me. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was sad at her passing today because they were on my bucket list of one of the things I wanted to do was see them in concert because they were probably the only great American band that I didn't see. Um, okay, Fighting Meadows. Uh, I actually wanted to start with it's a little bit of good economic news. There was a market rebound today, and I don't know if that's because it looks like this rail strike was averted um, because I've got some uh, some not-so-great job numbers to get into in a minute. But what can you tell us about why we had this bit of a market rebound today? Uh, it's probably because someone took a sniff of Coke. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, like, it's like someone out there, they, they heard something they like that drum. Jerome Powell said that we're going to slow down the raising of the interest rates. And we all know that isn't what the problem is. The problem is, is all the money in the supply system. Yeah. And, and so this is just like a little more when you're an addict, a little bit more, you need to have it now and then. And when it comes in, we're going to have a recession. They're not going to get a soft landing. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, every economist out there that I've been listening and watching has predicted that 2023 is going to be a little bit of a mess. However, 2024, they're starting to say, might look to be very nice. Well, let's took let's look at 2023 because one of you know housing is always a leading economic indicator. And I heard a, a news report the other day that um, it depends on how you look at it. But I saw that uh, the expectation is in the housing market is that housing uh, sales, i.e., pr- housing s- prices and sales, therefore, going to drop by about twenty percent going into late spring. And I thought, you know what, we need that. That's a market correction, in my opinion, that we need. So if one one of the things that's expected to happen because of these rising in interest rates and um, and you know the and the harder landing, if you will, is that maybe now some more people might be able to buy a home. I'm kind of okay with that because I think that it's just gotten completely out of control. Do you agree that that could be a good thing? Well, of course it could be a good thing in order for people to get into a home, but it, you know people are going to get into homes regardless of the interest rates. I mean, Andrea, I was around in the 80s when the interest rates were double digits, mm-hmm. 15, 16%, yeah. and people were still buying homes. So if you're buying homes for the right reason, the buy a home, 
and live in it, and it's going to be your home, not just a house or an investment, then they're going to be okay over the long haul. You'll make up the differences as time goes on. I can't tell you how many ups and downs in housing markets I've experienced in my lifetime. It's been so numerous, and we've been spoiled since 1996. That was at the bottom of the market, and it's been going skyrocket ever since. We, we really haven't, since 1996 to the present, 2022, had a kind of rising housing market like we have. Yeah. What's the reason for that? Well, we got baby boomers that had babies, and now they're coming into the market. And now the millennials are going to be coming into the market, and interest rates for them are not that important as it was for us back in the day when it was 16%. Why? Because they're earning more money. Yeah. And yeah. My parents bought a guys, house in Slidell uh, in a double digit, double digit uh, it rates. But, but I will tell you that what's different then though, is that the houses back then, of course that was also in New Orleans, but I mean, houses were like, I don't even know what they paid 50 grand, 80 grand. I don't even know what they were. I mean, it wasn't like now the average price of a home here is close to a million dollars. And so it, at two extra percent makes a huge difference in the, in, in the monthly amount. I did send you another article um, that had me really kind of concerned and it this was from Breitbart and it is um, biggest uh, and the headline is biggest job cuts in decades coming and um, Twitter is cut well Twitter I don't know that we can look at this as uh, Twitter's cutting 50% of its workforce I don't know if that's like a true economic indicator because they that there are videos all over the place of Twitter employees they don't work all day right same thing with Facebook so some of the, some of these big layoffs that I see coming are mainly like tech and so I'm not sure how much stock to give to this big, this big scary layoff story or not? Because I don't know how many of these companies uh, that are that are um, you know like Netflix or Shopify are just already overinflated with with the workforce of young people that don't want to work. How do you see the jobs market? Well, I, I see it this way: it's going to be up and down, and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. We're going to have these situations where there's going to be some jobs layoffs that are taking place. And because of all the money that floated into the system over the last three years, they were able to take care of this. Now, you know, the money isn't inflating there. Interest rates are going up. Companies are going to have to answer to the bottom line, to their stockholders. And let's face it. Increasing interest rates are not going to add to the bottom line of most of these corporates, particularly the tech companies on there. So, you know, it's something we're going to have to go through. And I don't think we're going to see the layoffs like we've seen during the uh, 1929 crash. No. And I don't think we're going to see the layoffs like we saw during 2008. But there's going to be some. Some people are going to lose their jobs. However, this also creates an opportunity for those entrepreneurial spirits maybe to go off and do their own thing. Because how many people do you know, Andrea, 
that were working with a major corporation and now they're working from home, doing Zoom meetings Mm -hmm. and doing their own thing over multiple business opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And you know what? And um, there's also, um, you know, it's it's interesting because it's so many of the expected layoffs have to do with tech. But at the same time, you know, tech still provides a great, uh, a, the best opportunity I think we've ever had in American history uh, in order to start a company, right, from your own home, right? right? And which makes yeah. it which makes it far less expensive to start a business like it used to be in 20 to 30 years ago where you had to have startup capital. It depends on what you want to do. Um, but you're not – the old school way was in order to start a business is you had to have enough capital because you were going to have to lease a building and, uh, you know, have all kinds of office equipment and stuff that you, you, don't, you don't have to have today, right? Uh, you know, um, in, in – in in today's world. So, I mean, I think, I I think um, from an economic standpoint, I think there's some good signs and some bad signs. The fact that the Republican Party has said in the middle of a lame duck right now that they're going to, you know, be participate in pushing through more gross, disgusting spending. They've also indicated that going forward, once they, um, you know, have a next Congress comes into session, that they're actually looking at, you know, uh, bringing back the pork and earmarks and this and that. And there doesn't seem to be any taste to cut the spending and that is going to con- continue uh, to snuff out any good inroads we make economically, won't it? Absolutely. You know, eventually, oh God, I've said this over and over again, is that what are you going to do about the spending? And the problem is the government has insatiable thirst for mm-hmm. spending money. They they can't help themselves for spending money. Why? Well, because they feel that by giving money away, that it will keep them in power. Mm-hmm. You know, and the government has never done anything to create wealth. No. The only thing the government has done is to suck wealth out of America and put it into bureaucracy that doesn't work. Yeah, in fact, let me tell you guys a story because I'm flashing on something. Uh, Mama worked at pretty much every, she worked at justice, she worked at labor, um, she she worked at Interior, and she was like a chief admin officer. So she had you know people under her and big budgets and stuff. And she was one of Xerox's customers, right? And so they would try to woo her at the end of the year because here's how it worked for people who don't know: they get they get these 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 government agencies and these people that you know have decent titles and 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 oversee budgets. They're told, but when it comes to the end of the fiscal year, you have to spend the money. Go out and buy a super big copy machine. Go out and buy this. Hire Because if you don't spend the money, the budget will shrink. So even when they didn't need a $200,000 copy machine, they would go out and buy one and spend taxpayer money just to keep the budget high. Because the budget meant power. I mean, the, the average American has no idea of the waste that goes on with the spending. And they, when they love to dangle that, oh, government shutdown in front of us. Oh, my gosh. My mother actually was a federal worker amidst quite a few shutdowns. And you know what? Mama never went a day without pay. She just spent some days at home watching soap operas, okay, and drinking coffee. 
during the shutdowns. That's the way it worked. Okay, so we've got to get we've got to get some sanity back. We need some people elected, Elhoff, that are going to go into D.C. and go. You know what? We're going to get rid of entire departments. If Twitter can lay off fifty thousand, fifty percent of its staff, and nobody's going to notice it, it's even worse in the government. We need to be wiping out entire departments, in my opinion. Well, you back to Ronald Reagan when he had all those business experts go and go through the government budget, and they came up with numerous ways to cut spending. Mm -hmm. And what happened? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And why, folks? Because the deep state and the bureaucracy of the deep state, those people that are in government jobs, not because they're elected, but because they're appointed, they sit in there in these cushy jobs for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't have to answer to anyone. Nope. And in fact, Mama had one, one when she was in interior, uh, she, one worker got busted for stealing, and that woman never missed a day of pay let alone wasn't fired. Right now we found out we've got this this non-binary, this dude who dresses in high heels was but did you hear the story, Elhoff? He works no, at, he works I, at, he works in the energy <laughs> His name is Sam Benton or something like that. He is the first non-binary person, shaved head, wears a dress and heels, right? Involved in kink, absolutely foul human being. He actually worked at Energy during the Trump administration, by the way. So that just goes to show, don't be bashing on Trump as though, you know, he's anti-whatever. Um, so when you, he got busted, caught on camera, Elhoff, stealing a woman's piece of luggage at an airport from the carousel. Right. He's basically admitted it because, I mean, he was caught on camera. He actually, uh, anyway, he's just been suspended, hadn't been fired. I mean, part of the problem, too, that we've got is we've got a workforce that never gets fired. Right. Whether they're union or civil service, whatever it is. And um, meanwhile, you know, out here we had, you know, in, in the private sector, you know, and, and uh, you know, you you better go along and take the jab or you're going to get fired. And there was a time in which people went to work for the government. Um, they were going to be because even though they knew they were going to get paid a lot less, um, at least they had like some sick days off or whatever. Now you go work for the government. You can't be fired. You make way more than you would in the private sector. You got benefits for life. And, and because of that, nobody's ever, that's one of the reasons why government doesn't shrink. It's because everybody, it's like they're all on the dole, right? So why would any of them want to vote to reduce spending or want to vote for for a party that wants to reduce spending because they're on the receiving end of the spending. Did I explain that well? I think so. And the problem is this, Andrea, is that there's no personal accountability. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, folks, all my life is that if I made a mistake, I was personally responsible for I paid. Yep. Okay. Most of these people these days now, it's, well, it's the government's fault. It's the culture's fault. Mm -hmm. It's somebody else's fault. But because I did an idiot thing, it's not my fault. Right. Well, listen, Elhoff. Yeah, no personal accountability. No personal accountability. And I don't know how to segue from that into financial responsibility, but we do need to be financially responsible for ourselves. And that includes 
taking stock of your situation and making some good decisions. Um, I know that some of your inflation, I wouldn't say inflation proof, but some of the things that you have, you know, are provide more of a hedge against inflation. I don't know if, um, you know, there's any of the news today that affects it. I don't think so. I think your plan in terms of having investments across the board and things like real estate and other things that aren't so affected is, is, is a good strategy, right? And that's what people, right. what people need to get on board with. Tell them quickly so- about that and how to get a hold of you. Yeah, people need to take personal responsibility for their decisions because they make decisions one at a time with different people under different circumstances. And the problem is most people don't go back and review those decisions, and it may be affecting them adversely today. And yeah. so that's where you got to take personal accountability. Go back and review those decisions. Why did you make them? Mm-hmm. And what can you do about it? And I help you do that. Well, I yeah, not to mention the fact, let me, let me jump in here. And a lot of times people think that once they've got a financial plan going, they don't need to revisit it. They don't need to review it. Well, I've already got my plan. Um, like it's like, it's like financial planning is an endpoint when it's not. Right. So it's something that they need to they need to stay they they need to review and update depending on what's happening in the circumstances on the ground. So tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Dave Elhoff. Six one nine five four eight zero nine six five is the best way. Six one nine five four eight zero nine six five. And I'll tell you, it's important for you folks to understand is that you gotta review your situation because things have changed. And if you don't, what you see is much different than what I might see mm-hmm. or my partners might see. Right. The more eyes you get on your situation, the better off you'll be. All right. Well, thank you for being here, my dear. Thanks for the giggles. All right. All right. All right. All right. Now, you guys stay tuned because what did Corrine Jean-Pierre, speaking of getting busted in a lie, Kareen, how, what did Corrine Jean-Pierre lie about today? We're going to share that with you on the other side of the break. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. There's just nothing like music uh, to me that that just can put me... I think music is absolutely magical. I think that it can transport you back to a time in your childhood, put you right back into that place. I think it can... Uh, provide incredible joy and lift you up when you're having a bad day. I think that it can bring people together and, and unite people. There's just nothing like music for me. And I've always had a passion for music. At one point, I, I have no musical ability whatsoever, including singing, as y'all can tell. I did have a nice choir director at one point who let me sing in the choir. Um, but that's because there was enough people around to drown me out. <laughs> I dated a sweet boy one time and tried to teach me how to play Smoke on the Water on the guitar. That didn't go so well. Um, but I loved music so much as a, as a kid and and um there wasn't a whole lot of money for different you know radio play radio player and not radio record players and radios in, in my house so sometimes I would literally go sit out in the car and uh, run the battery down uh listening to the radio and I would get in trouble for it so I absolutely love 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 music um and and people have asked me over the years what's your favorite song and I just I there's no way that I have different kind of like different movies 
there's just so much different types of music that I love. I can't think of any one thing. Um, but Jalapeno, you, you love music as much as I do. Don't you think it's just one of the most magical things ever? Thank you for that. <laughs> I was thinking the other day about it, the fact that I know that there's other countries around the world and other people like in France and every country around the world, they have their own music. But to me, I kind of think that American music is pretty much the best in the world. And I think that um, case in point, I mean, Germany loves them some David Elhoff. Okay, so if you if you can love Elhoff, uh, not is that was that his last the, the guy from Baywatch, not, not Elhoff, Hasselhoff, any country that's like obsessed with Hasselhoff, um, you know, really is is poorly in need of, of, of some music. So I love it. If you guys want to share your favorite music, your favorite album, your favorite songs, um, uh, my one of my top three probably or top five albums of all time is Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. And I actually had a chance to meet Stevie Wonder one time up in uh, Good Day LA. Y'all don't laugh. I was actually up there doing um, a live um, modeling thing for the Bra Whisper. I was not in a bra, but I was in like a lounge. You know how people that wear lounge wear and they lay around and like... <laughs> Come on now, I was in a lounge set, you know, it's like, you know, like, like upscale pajamas is what I was wearing. And, (laughs) and at first I was so like, I got to drive, I got to get up at like three in the morning and haul it up to LA to go to Good Day LA to stand around in pajamas. I was like, so, so annoyed. I didn't want to do it, but you know, my agent makes money off of what I do. So I'm going to drive up there and go, you know, I'm going to put a good face on it and then I find out that Stevie Wonder is there and performing and I actually got a chance to meet Stevie Wonder which was just absolutely amazing so um again more information than anybody wanted to hear but 888-344-1170 if you've got something you want to share um about music if that's something that um is there one song think about if there's like one song that is has any like major meaning for you Halopinion. you don't have to say why but if there's like one song that would have any major meaning for you mine believe it or not is a hymn I used to love uh church hymns when I was a kid because he lives I cannot hear the song because he lives and not cry absolutely will cry when I hear that um speaking of crying it looks like sometimes Corinne Jean-Pierre how's that for a segue um, when she's giving these White House, uh, you know, uh, press conferences, looks like she's about to cry because, she, you know, what a tough job. I have no idea how much KGP Mophead makes to stand up in front of the American people and lie. Um, but it's absolutely disgraceful that that's where we are in in uh, America, that we've got somebody that would stand up. Project Veritas has got, has got uh, I think they've got a new uh, set of videos out now that talks about uh, what's going on at the border. Of course, we all have seen images after image after image of what's happening at the border. I tell you who's doing some of the best border coverage is my friend Gina's network, Real America's Voice. Between Oscar De La Blue, who's based in Mexico, not far from here in TJ, or whether it's Ben Burkwam, they have just really shown the truth. And then, of course, Congressman Biggs, who we love here, just really revealing the truth that the United States government, by opening the border, in which they did day one, has really made the U.S. government the world's number one human trafficking operation, including child sex trafficking in the world. 
and he put Joe Biden, put uh, Kamala Harris in as the border czar, and she never went to the border. And then today, uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked about it, and here's what she had to say about Biden uh, taking a trip to the border. And hopefully I can do as good playing this clip, better than I playing this clip than I did trying to pull in that phone call. Here we go. Thank you, Corrine. Uh, Kevin McCarthy says that he invited President Biden down to the border. How does the president RSVP? (laughs) (laughs) We know know President Biden went down to the border. The possible next speaker says that he wants him to go with him. So is he going to? So look, uh, he's been there. He's been to the border. uh, And since he took office... When when did he go to the border? Mm -hmm. Since he took office, the President Biden has been uh, taking action to fix our immigration system and secure our border. And that's why on day one, he put forward an an immigration... I got to stop that hate right there. Um, Did you hear the lie? Oh, he's been there. When? According to records that I read today, the last time Joe Biden went to the border was in 2008, I think, during uh, during the campaign for Barack Obama. In fact, he was just here in San Diego a couple weeks before the midterms trying to prop up, which is very interesting, trying to prop up Mike Levin here, who uh, was the incumbent congressional incumbent who was given a real run for his money by Brian Marriott. And I think he was in, I don't remember what part of San Diego County he was in, but it wasn't more than 30 minutes from the border and he never went. We're a border town here. He was here. He didn't go to the border. Air Force One flew into Miramar and then took him back out. I think from there, I think he actually went to Arizona to do a rally there and didn't visit the border in Arizona either. You want to know why they haven't gone to the border? Because they know that this is not a winning issue. And this is why if the Republican Party did really care about the promises they've been making for decades over sealing the border... They would be highlighting this issue because this is one of the main reasons why, and I've talked about this so many times, in 2014, it was Republicans and Democrats, including a large part of Africa, a large number of African Americans and independents who specifically gave the Senate at that point to the Republican Party because they had been using the excuse that the Tea Party gave them the House in 2010 – Romney failed to deliver the White House in 2012, so they didn't have that. But, oh, if you give us the Senate, then we'll have both houses of Congress, and then we can get that border sealed. And then, of course, they did nothing with that. And then the excuse was, well, we don't have the White House. So then they were given both houses of Congress and the White House in 2016. And what did they do? Nothing. It was only Trump, through his executive orders, that got that border sealed. They know this is not a winning issue, and so they got to hide it and hide what's happening down there. They don't want you to see the children being sex trafficked. They don't want you to see... Children being dumped like trash in the desert. They don't want you to see the rest of They don't want you to see the flood. Millions have come across just in the last two years. Millions. It's absolutely despicable. If you have no border, you have no nation. Meanwhile, they're about to send a bunch more billions of dollars. I got an email from a listener. What is this I hear, she says, about more money going to Ukraine? Yeah. Meanwhile, I think Zelensky put out a video today saying, hey, we need money to to feed our people. Well, what'd you do with all the billions of dollars? Good question. That came from a listener today. Going to take a break. When we come back, Biden sure went off the reservation today talking about reservations. What was that about? Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay show on The Answer San Diego. Oh, yeah, I got a show to do. <laughs> Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Memo to me, reminder to me, if there's something you want to do in life, go do it. Don't wait. 
You know, there was also, you know who else that I waited and thought that I had more time to go see in concert and didn't? It was Lou Rawls. One of my, uh, why are you furring your brow, man? That's one of my, I don't want to hear anybody doing any karaoke version of one of the greatest songs that was ever written and performed in my life. You'll never find another love like mine. Oh, I, I don't want to hear anybody but Lou Rawls singing that song. That is a hail no to me, H-A-Y-E-L. Um, but I didn't go see uh, Lou Rawls in concert. I saw Al Jarreau in concert, who was also one of my, fav- my faves. Um, so anyway, um, and th- so that leaves me with one other that I got to go see, Hall & Oates. I've sworn I wanted to see Hall & Oates in concert. They were... <gasps> really? Wow. Oh my gosh, my first concert ever was, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, no, my, I started to say it was Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville. My first concert ever was the Jackson 5, was my first concert. They were still the Jackson 5. I was, I, they were the Jackson 5. I barely remember it. That's how young I was. It was the Jackson 5. I also saw, um, uh, Davy Jones and he was in a band. I didn't even know who he was. Um, yes. No, I didn't know who the band was. He was in Dolan's. He was with Mickey Dolan's. It wasn't the monkeys. It was the, them two with somebody else. And I didn't know anything about them, but I'm like, you know, I had seen the Brady Bunch. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go to, I went with my older sister. So that, so, um, those were my first two concerts as a kid. And then, and it, as I got older, then as an older, like I was still young, uh, um, like 12 or 13, I saw Jimmy Buffett and I saw his Margaritaville, uh, when that was gone. Probably not. My parents didn't know. I uh, yeah. I said, hey, you know, my friends, Tommy and I wanted to go to, you know, and Janet wanted to go to this concert. They, it was Jimmy Buffett, right? They, you know. So. Ah. Uh. Oh, wow. So that's fairly. You got. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Um, what was I going to talk about now? Oh, I know what I was going to. I get sidetracked. That's how much I love music. Um, one of the things that I, I used to have a fantasy of learning how to how to play the piano, but since my uh, guitar, uh, you know, lesson went terribly off the rails, that would have been a complete waste of money. Speaking of off the rails, I did want to play this clip today. This is uh, Skins and I like to play the. Um, not the daily dose, but uh, your daily dose of what the huh, like what is he trying to say? Daily dose of non-clarity. I have no idea what Biden was talking about here. Um, but if if Trump had said something like this, I mean, he's still being excoriated for having a dinner meeting with Kanye West and Nick Fuentes, who nobody knew. Everybody's outraged that Trump had dinner and broke bread with Nick Fuentes, even though nobody knew who Nick Fuentes was, including me. I don't know who he is. People say he's a white supremacist. Well, I don't know. I don't really follow white supremacists, so I don't really have any idea of who Nick Fuentes is. Uh, meanwhile, Joe Biden can say this kind of this would be so considered so racist if Trump said something like this. Give this a listen. Start building a second school and revitalize the use of the Cherokee language. By the way, she spent a lot of time on other reservations, other uh, nations as well, 
I'm worried she's not going to come home one of these days when she goes. You think I'm joking. I'm telling you. If I hear more about the Navajos than I hear about me. Um, what? <laughs> First of all, what's he talking about going on reservations? You know, if Trump said something like that, he'd be accused. He, I guess this is Jill going on all these reservations. We're supposed to believe that she spent so much time on all these reservations. She didn't even have time to, to think about him or to talk about him. And then second of all, how, how narcissistic can you be to say she talks more about these Navajo people than she talks about me? Right. This is so incredibly insulting. And and they're, and and how tone deaf are these people? First of all, we know how racist Joe Biden is. Remember when he said you can't go to a 7-Eleven without having to speak in an Indian accent, right? And Jill that he's talking about here, you know, trying to revive the Cher- Cherokee language and talk about Navajos. This is no better than her going to Texas and talking about how great they all are, uh, re- reminding her of, of, of how wonderful they are as breakfast tacos. I don't even remember what she was talking about there. Just complete, just complete insanity. Does anybody really believe 80 million votes, right? That's who got 80 million votes. Come on now. He did say today the obvious that he, well, he didn't come out and say I'm not running in 2024, but he was asked about it and he said, oh, I'm not so sure about that. We're sure, but we're sure, Joe. We're absolutely 100% sure you're not running in 2024. The Democrat Party is biding their time to kind of come up. You would have already been gone, Joe. The plan was for you to have already been gone, but the prop, but for Kamala, right? And so now they're trying to find an exit. And I predict it won't come long into 2023 after the next Congress is sworn in. That's what I predict. Speaking of some other insanity, uh, did you guys know that daylight savings time is now racist? Yeah. You heard me. Uh, apparently, and daylight savings time, that's when spring spring forward, fall back, right? So when, And I will admit that it's tough to move that, it, that clock forward in the spring. It's tough, to move that, it's tough to move that clock forward in the spring because you, lo- you lose an hour sleep. But isn't that tough on all of us? How is, it, how, is it, how is daylight savings time and the fact that we lose an hour sleep, how is that racist against, against minority people? As though they suffer any more than anybody else? I'm just so tired. I'm so I'm wore out on the fact that everything, everything is is hurtful to people of color, minorities and not to us. I'm so tired of them trying to find racism. But these are the same people that found that found a peanut butter and jelly sandwich as racist. All right. Final break of the night. We'll see you on the other side. A.K. Dynamite in a dress or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her. Don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Message from a listener. Um, he sent three songs that he said, because I put the question out there, what is like music is just so uh, amazing to our hearts and our souls. So I put the question out there, what music re- speaks to you? Do you remember Seals and Crofts? Yes, Big Yacht Rock. He said um, the song is We May Never Pass This Way Again. Great song. We may never pass this way again. He says this one, Diamond Girl and Summer Breeze. Take me to that place somewhere far away. Summer Breeze is just a classic. Do you not love Summer Breeze? All right. Um, In a minute and a half left, I want to tell you guys, we talk a lot about the culture war here and the left's uh, push to destroy the fabric of our nation, which is Judeo-Christian principles and values. And let me give you an example of how it works. 
to destroy, when you destroy a nation's culture, uh, the success uh, when somebody seeks to, to destroy a nation can be found over in England. Christians are now a, min- a, a minority in England. Only 46.2% of the population in England and Wales describe themselves as Christians in 2021, down from 59.3% a decade earlier. It's because they have, they embraced, they became a part of the European Union. I can get in some other stats, but uh, 37% say they have no religion, up from 25% in 2011. This is a result of, of the, the ridiculous notion that multiculturalism is good for society. Uh, what's good for your society is that at, at the same time, the people that want to tell you that a nation should embrace multiculturalism are the same people that tell you that it's okay for you to have, have to press one for English, that people coming here with their culture get to keep that culture, and you have to give up yours under the guise of diversity and multiculturalism. Here's what happens. We've got that nation now, the UK, having their culture destroyed, and we can't let that happen here. We've got to make sure that we preserve the American culture because if America is lost, then the world is lost. We're going to see you guys tomorrow night. Thank you, DJ Jalapeno, for playing the amazing Fleetwood Mac songs and that of Christine McVie. Rest in peace, musical genius Christine McVie. We'll see you all tomorrow night. Peace out. Love you all. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.